0: FM Talk Podcast.
1: Welcome into Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox in here, along with Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. Uh, great to have you back this week. Do you recognize that, Bo?
2: I absolutely do. And there's breaking news about that show, by the way. I Yellow told him that. Oh,
1: did you hear it? Carl informed me. Yes, you eight. scooped sorry, me again, man. Sorry, man.
2: Yellowstone is a great program. You've been—I mean, love I mean it. did it inspire you to pick your destination? <laughs> it did not. Come but on, but I'll explain in a minute. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just I, 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 the, the, so the show 1886 or whatever it's called. Well, 10- there are two of
1: them: 1883, because that's the year that I guess they're going to travel back to.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. And then there's one going to be called Four Sixes, and the one—the one that you're talking about has. Sam Elliott. Yes. Tim and Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. And it's going to be a prequel of Yellowstone. So they're doing a, an extension of the other one, going two of the other them. way. What's no, the Four Sixes? I just want to see. Four the... Sixes is the name of the ranch. Oh.
1: I just want to see the last season. The next season. Coming when up is that, soon. I know. Not soon enough.
2: Uh, great program, though.
1: So, So we're talking about that because uh, my absence last week here from Second Amendment Radio had to do with my, my vacation, which was to first Glacier National Park. Unbelievable. Then Yellowstone and then Grand Teton
2: National Park. And you're here? We did all three? I <laughs> see no scars on you. I see no well, bandages. There's a,
1: there's a few. I, I, I didn't have a direct run-in with anything other than a moose. Oh, really? I was prepared. Okay. But uh, we we camped in a place called Mini Glacier, which is... um a, a campground within Glacier National Park on the east side. You have to enter it through a St. Mary and a place called BAB, and you have to drive back a gravel road for about 10 or 12 miles to get to it. And it's all remote camping. You don't have any electricity or sewer or water anything like
2: that. And you were ready for this? Oh, yeah. We, now, would, are we in a tent or a teepee or...? Uh,
1: just a pole trailer. Okay. A small pole trailer.
2: Pop-up style? No. no it's already it's, it's, yeah, up.
1: It's, it's called a casita. We're, we're casita owners these days. It's a... It's just a uh, it, small, self-contained 17-foot trailer. It's fantastic, right? Generator?
2: Yeah. I did have a generator Ah, with good, me. good yep. man, good yep, man. Yep, I did.
1: So so we walked to a small lake very close to our campground, and we were told there were bears in the area, so right. we're on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. we got our bear spray. I've got my Glock 20 strapped on
2: my hip. You, you had to get that. Had
1: to, had to have that <laughs> in case the, the bear spray is like, you know, last resort, and the gun is the last, last resort but i felt better having it with me so we walked down to this lake shore and what do we see a female moose uh-oh known to be more aggressive than the male counterpart even though they don't have the the huge rack on them
2: hold on so did you say me, that out loud i did <laughs> she didn't have a large rack she didn't the moose the female moose did <laughs> oh not, you mean horns,
1: not have a rack horns <laughs> horns and uh she's in the water this lake is fairly shallow and everybody's a number of people had gathered there watching her. Suddenly, she starts moving toward us. Oh no! Which point we start moving back up into the woods because you never know what they're going to do.
2: <laughs> Same animal that uh, the, the the moose has the brain of the size of a walnut. Correct? I think so. Yeah, they, they kill don't just don't see to kill.
1: well. They don't see well, and apparently they're more aggressive as a result of that. Okay. So we took our daughter, moved back up into the woods a little bit. Moose passed by and then cut left when it got past the people and ran off into the woods. So it didn't didn't harm anyone. That was our closest encounter. But we just saw lots of grizzly bears, lots Did of you? brown bears from a distance, um, lots of deer when we were in Yellowstone. But I, I'll just have to tell you, Glacier National Park is my favorite national park in this country. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's it's simply breathtaking. You saw a glacier, more so than than I, I hiked to a glacier, uh, Grinnell uh, Glacier, or Grinnell, however they pronounce it up there. Then we left there and went to Yellowstone. What a letdown! I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you now.
2: The show is better than the town.
1: <laughs> well, Yellowstone Eight, National Three, which isn't even out yet. Yellowstone <laughs> National Park is huge. Yeah. everybody's familiar with Old Faithful. It's beautiful. It's it's huge. You can drive all across it and see they have, have their own big canyon there you can see and um it, it it's beautiful, but it's like I describe it as being like the the amusement park of national parks. Every ten miles there's a visitor center with a store and a restaurant and all this. You don't have to hike Anywhere in Yellowstone, you can drive to every single thing you want to see so you can, you know, take the family and it's just like an amusement park, even though there's wild animals there. I mean, you have to they tell you to watch out for bears and stuff like that.
2: And thousands of square miles
1: after being in Glacier, which is there's only one road that runs through the whole park. You can hike into fairly remote areas if you want to. There's just no comparison between the two. Really? Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. In fact, I, I that's probably. My last trip to Yellowstone,
3: I'd have to say. And uh, you went fishing? Where'd you go fishing?
1: I did go fishing. So we were talking about this before the show started because Bo had asked me about my reading glasses that I had on my perched on my nose, and I said, this is not my favorite pair of glasses because I lost a pair while fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fly fishing in the middle Flathead River, which flows out of glacier. There's the upper, the middle, and the lower Flathead River. I've got my waders on. Like I'm, you I'm, look like Brad Pitt, and a river I, runs through it. I'm sure I looked better than Brad
2: Pitt. Okay, dang right. least <laughs> uh, my is, wife would say. Is, is so. your wife tending a fire in case you can uh, get dinner for the family? She was
1: on the shore, sunbathing. Okay, uh, you know, sitting in the chair, enjoying the the nice weather, and I'm out there in the in the up to about my waist and in the stream, which is you know flowing pretty well. And I'm an amateur fly fisherman. I, I like it, but I I don't catch much, and I'm not very good at it. I'm still learning. And I got the line tangled up around the end of the pole and tried to pull the pole down to fix it, and my glasses fell in the water. I lost my glasses in the middle of... The Flathead River. Well, I've
2: so. learned uh, Dollar Tree. Everything's a dollar <laughs> store, dude. That's where I get my cheaters because you. Uh, you can sit on them, you can you can lose them, you can fly fish and lose them. That's no problem. Uh, well, so I have a question about the uh, the air uh, the air quality because um, even my family in uh, upstate New York and in Minnesota they're like, oh, the the smoke is terrible from the wildfires. Any effect of that oh, for yeah, you? Yeah. Oh, really? Not
1: only when we first got there, my wife uh, got out there a little bit ahead of me. You could tell there was a haze over the mountains from the wildfires out west. And by west, I mean west coast. After we got there, a fire broke out on the northwestern edge of Glacier in a place called Pole Bridge. And that started, We could you could smell that. It was close enough that you could smell sure. it. And then right after we left, they had another fire just to the south of Glacier proper, uh, uh, down near Flathead Lake, and that was of growing concern. So it's a tinderbox out there right wow, now. The, the, the wildfires are going on, and you can still see the impact of fires from 10, 15 years ago as you oh, drive through the park. Sure. It takes a long time for the environment to come back, but it's something that usually occurs naturally, lightning, something like that and it's just something you have to deal with. It's more of a problem this year because so many people are going to national parks because of COVID. They're they're traveling domestically, yeah. and they're driving,
2: and it's what we did. That was uh, my next question for you because I'm interviewing you now, Mark uh, Cox. <laughs> Thank you, Bo um, Matthews. No, I I, I, I'm curious because I still have not had a vacation this summer, oh, Okay, um, and this could be an option because we're obviously going to drive. Uh, we keep hearing about the national parks, and even the state parks are just loaded. Did you feel like it was overcrowded out there, or is it just so big it doesn't? matter
1: it it once you're in the park you don't notice it as much now Yellowstone was different because there's so many tourist centers sure. in Yellowstone it's an Outs- amusement park. outside of that though <laughs> in Glacier proper you have to have a reserve you have to have oh. a permit to get in right now so you have to have a park National Park Pass then you have to have a reservation for they, they last for five or six days, and right. then you can drive into the park. If you don't, you have to be in the park before six in the morning or after five o'clock in the afternoon. And what they've done by doing that is control the number of people in the park. The result of it is, though, sometimes around eight or nine, and if you go too late... There's there's a lot of traffic trying to get into the park, right. so I just warn you if you go, make sure you have your reservations and make sure you know what the traffic patterns are, so you can either go early and beat that, or go a little later and beat it.
2: Okay. So oh, I'm, yeah.
1: I'm, one more thing that yeah. you need to know that Mark mentioned on the air when he got back on Thursday, how much was a gallon of diesel? I'm traveling south from Teton National Park through Wyoming. We'd been going an hour, hadn't seen a gas station. We finally found one and pulled in. <laughs> they were charging. Four sixty-nine a gallon for diesel. Oh my of course, God. you're in the middle of nowhere,
2: and you have no other choice. But
1: you could routinely—it was routinely four dollars a gallon up there mm. for diesel, which is normally a little more than unleaded. But they got you where they want you because yeah. you have no options.
2: Uh, on your way back, on a positive note, did you stop yeah. by Rushmore?
1: We we went last year. We didn't go this okay, okay. year. No, we we came down the we came down through Denver to come back. Oh, beautiful! That's we did a beautiful. Last round. year we did. Good yeah, it's beautiful. Good beautiful. beautiful. Well, Everybody's got to go.
2: Really good to have you back. Thanks for sharing the. Uh, it was kind of like show and tell. It was. You know, very nice. Except no bandages from the bear, <laughs> the grizzly bear that got you. Uh, coming up on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, uh, hunters, this will be your segment. John Winkleman is going to be talking about uh, maybe some changes that are to uh, the hunting uh, rules for the Missouri Department of Conservation. Uh, this is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors.
0: If I hit that fishing hole today, she'd be packing all her things and she'd
2: be gone by noon.
3: Well, I'm going to miss her
4: I get home.
2: It is Second Amendment Radio on The Great Outdoors. Mark Cox, Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman. Pew, you. And- this uh, segment is brought to you by Chuck's Boots. Chuck's Boots has given away a Polaris uh, 1000. It's an f- awesome machine, and they've teamed up Thoroughgood Boots. To get registered to win this machine, go to Chuck's Boots' Facebook page, or you can go to their store's uh, uh, Facebook, uh, website, chucksboots.com. You can also shop in their stores, Fenton and St. Peter's. But it's a Polaris side-by-side brought to you by Chuck's Boots and Thoroughgood Boots. Can,
1: can I just tell you how out of place I was in uh, Montana and Wyoming because I didn't have a pair of boots on. What did you? So maybe I need to. I, I have boots. What would you fact, wear? I bought them at Chuck's Boots. <laughs> I just oh, no. didn't. I just didn't take them with me because we were planning to hike and all this stuff. We went to the rodeo. I think I was the only person there in a pair of tennis shoes. Honestly, so everybody had boots on.
2: Did you do everything? Oh, in we tried to tennis shoes.
1: No, I did I had my hiking boots with me, but when I wasn't wearing those I needed my feet needed some relief, so I put <laughs> tennis shoes on. It's good.
2: Yeah, yeah, cowboy boots have really I mean I know they're they're really popular. They are the thing, but they are not comfortable long term. Unless you're on a horse. If you're on a horse,
0: you're good. (laughs) Maybe that's good
2: stuff. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, in this segment, uh, John Winkleman is marketing director for Ligori Publications near Barnhart, Missouri, and the associate editor for Outdoor Guide magazine. I saw his article and I thought, well, that makes sense to put him on Second Amendment radio on the great outdoors. He has a fall hunting booklet detailing the several changes from the Missouri Department of Conservation. The funny thing is, it's kind of like getting a a, a congressional bill that's 8,000 pages, and then you got somebody to boil it down. Uh, I think John's that guy, Mark.
1: Yeah, he probably is. Uh, John, welcome into the show this morning.
4: Thank you very much, Carl and Bo and Mark. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to uh, talk about the changes for yeah, the abs- upcoming hunting season. Well,
1: the, you know, people get confused by it. It always seems to change just a little bit every year. We've talked about this uh, chronic wasting disease problem that we have, and it affects some counties. It doesn't affect other counties. Uh, what are the what should people be pay the most attention to this hunting season?
4: So the the biggest. I think of it is that in those counties that are affected and includes Jefferson County and much of the St. Louis region uh, is that the sampling is mandatory again this year. It was not last year because of the fear of spreading the COVID-19 among those in those sampling stations. But this year uh, there will be mandatory sampling again. So anyone who takes a deer in any of those 34 counties, uh, they need to stop by on Saturday or Sunday of opening weekend and get their deer tested for chronic waste and disease. Wow. So it allows them to uh, get a large sample uh, size of tissue to be tested.
1: And so, I mean, I'm sure people kind of hoped maybe we were past that because it's, it, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to slaughter the deer yourself, mm-hmm. then you've got the, the additional hassle of having to take it to a station, Correct.
4: Well, it, it is, but you're also participating in that citizen science to uh, yeah. be able to find out where it is and where it has uh, potentially spread. Uh, there are 34 counties that are inside the containment zone. It's not unreasonable to believe there are twice that many that have some cases of it. It's just identifying where they are. They added a new county, again, two new counties this year uh, because of new samples found that were outside of those areas. And, John, what was how was it dealt with last year? Well, last year it was voluntary, so they still had the sampling stations. You just were not required to bring it in. And the reason was because if you're 80-year-old hunter, you maybe don't want to go where other people are congregating. And for those conservation department officials and volunteers who were there doing the sampling, everybody just coming in out of the woods uh, um, and po- had the potential of spreading the disease that we didn't have vaccine okay. for and we didn't have...
2: Uh, I was under the impression that uh, chronic waste disease disappeared like the flu no, did. No, no, I don't think <laughs> no. that was in it at all.
1: But, but the one thing that hasn't changed, John, is if you're taking your, your deer to a meat processing plant in one of these counties affected, the
4: testing is done there, Correct. The the testing can be done in some of those, and some taxidermists do it. Um, If you're going to donate your deer through the Share the Harvest program, it has to be tested. But if you're just taking it to John's Butcher Shop, it does not have to be tested and would not be tested without your request. And I don't think, I just picked John's out of the hat, uh, is is a sampling station. So So most of it won't be unless you take it either to the mandatory testing or To one of their five or six, and I know mostly Jefferson County. There are five or six in Jefferson County taxidermists who will sample it voluntarily.
1: You know, I I think the the question that that brings to my mind is, how do they enforce this? How does the Department of Conservation enforce that? So, if you take out a tag and you
4: tag the deer,
1: Mm -hmm. are there potential consequences if you don't get it tested?
4: I doubt if there will be hard consequences, but they certainly would have the record of it. They certainly would uh, be able to send the conservation agent to say, "Look, we see that you checked this deer on November thirteenth, but it never showed up at a check station here in Jefferson County." Okay. Um, but I don't think they're going to come and haul people away, or I, I don't know of any fines for it either. It's uh, it, it's just good citizenry to. Uh,
2: to try to participate. So you're, you're basically tipping off the government that uh, they're missing a revenue stream here. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, hey, Johnsons, this is your world. I'm not a hunter, uh, but this is your world. Uh, do you feel that like last year or maybe even this year coming up, more people are getting into hunting? Like a lot of people got into gardening because of the different world we're living in?
4: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good observation that there are – it's one of those activities. It it is an activity, just like hiking and people went out picnicking and spending time outdoors away from large crowds of people. Uh, There's no more social distancing than being 15 feet up a tree in the middle of the woods. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. Although a buddy stand with your kid or a buddy stand with a grandkid or a young hunter, new first-time hunter – that's a great place to spend some time. That's so a
1: great point. We're talking to John Winkleman, marketing director for Liguori Publications uh, down near Barnhart, associate editor for Outdoor Guide, <laughs> Guide magazine. And and uh, John, so it's not so in addition to the checking of the uh, for the chronic wasting disease this year, um, mm-hmm. there's there are also some in some counties. If I read your story properly, people can get additional deer tags this year,
4: right? Yep, and that is also in response. There are, there are 17 counties that have uh, additional um, any deer permit, not any deer permits, uh, antlerless only deer permits. And again, that is about the population control uh, in those areas uh, where they are the, the number of deer are overwhelming the uh, habitat there, and so they want people to take more antlerless deer, more does out of the herd to. Uh, make sure they're managing the size of that and it also in limiting the spread of chronic waste. And disease
1: yeah, we need area. some of that in Wildwood. Uh, <laughs> say that. I don't know that that's included but we need some we need to limit some of that out in uh, Wildwood and Chesterfield
2: I'm telling you. Uh, John I've got a question since uh, we've all learned the term gain of function and uh, how a, a virus can come from the wild into uh, human and interaction. Uh, can you explain chronic waste disease um, not the what can it do to somebody if they consume the venison that they hunt that has chronic waste disease?
4: There is no evidence that it can be transmitted yet between the deer and humans um, so that that has not happened what they can do to avoid the potential is avoid spinal column brain tissue those places where that uh folded prion is and most people do most people just take the meat off the bones and leave the the spinal column intact and don't ever cut into the head so but there is no evidence of it. But it is very, it is similar, same type of disease as mad cow disease. And when they had the outbreak of that uh, in Europe, uh, there were and even some in America cases of people getting chronically are getting mad cow disease from that.
2: Cell. I really thought it was going to so be a dumb no, question, but it's not a no. terrible question, right? You, you've been around people with conversations about stuff like this since we've learned gain of function.
4: Yeah, it is not transmissible i mean it, it, it's transmissible from deer to deer uh deer to elk and others in that family but there has been no evidence of it uh moving uh, across species okay. yeah
1: you know I, I brought up deer first because that seems to be probably the most popular uh sport hunting sport in the state but i i'd wonder uh this also there are also some changes to turkey season this year right
4: um, Fall, turkey, fall tur- turkey hunting season. I don't know of any specific changes to it. It's the all full month of October for firearms turkey hunting season, and I don't recall any changes in the archery portion of turkey hunting season for this fall either. So,
2: okay, well, uh, in your in your uh, uh, in the seventy six page booklet, the standards mm-hmm. that are familiar in the publications are still handy. Um, the sunrise sunset table. Can you explain that to the hunters that are listening to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors right now? I'd be happy to.
4: Uh, the, the reason that, that that's in there is so that you know the legal shooting hours start 30 minutes before sunrise and end 30 minutes after sunset, and that chart gives the official times for Jefferson City. So if you're hunting on that same uh, parallel as Jefferson City, That's the time, 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after, that you can legally shoot in Missouri. If you're hunting over here on the St. Louis side, uh, it's 13 miles, one minute for every 13 miles. The sun obviously sets later and rises sooner further west in Jackson City. So that chart allows you to figure out when you are legal shooting, The 30 minutes is it it, by 30 minutes after sunset, it is too dark to safely shoot, and 30 minutes more than 30 minutes before sunrise, it really is too dark. So safety dictates it as much as the uh, clock.
1: So it's always it's always good to know though because you're sitting yep. up in the stand and you're you're starting to see the the dawn just a little bit and then you you're not sure exactly what time official sunset is
2: so it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's
1: good to know that stuff, right?
2: And your night vision scope mark you're going to have to leave that.
4: <laughs> you going to leave that for some other uh, activity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go, activity. <laughs> Love
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. So, so John, just tell people who are listening, um, wh- where can they find the guide and and get this information?
4: So the best – I always have, and everybody has their cell phone, and I always keep a PDF copy of it open on the, my Safari on my phone so that I always have it with me at all times when I'm out hunting or someone asks a question. I can look it up that
2: way. Smart.
4: I also usually keep a printed copy of the book in my truck. And you can pick it up wherever you buy a permit. So if it's done sporting goods or uh, anywhere of the big box stores, anywhere that sells a fishing, hunting and fishing license should have copies of that book. And any conservation department, Powder Valley Nature Center, you can pick them up there. Or if you see your conservation agent, usually they keep a stack of them with them, too.
2: Is there any, uh, is there any other changes that you'd like to mention on this show that were maybe some major changes uh, that, um, that we didn't cover yet?
4: Not for the Jefferson. Oh, yeah. The other big change is that the antlerless portion of the season used to just be a three-day long season, and this year it's going to be a nine-day season. Whoa. So it's going to be that first full week of weekend of December, so that's December fourth through December twelfth, you get two weekends for antlerless hunting, and plus if you're fortunate enough to have the time off during the week, you get those five days in between. Okay. So December fourth through December twelfth is the antlerless only portion. And it's in almost all the counties. I believe there are a dozen or so that uh, don't aren't included in the antler. Very nice. Um,
1: Carl, you need to go ahead and I'm gonna help me schedule my vacation. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to do that. In <laughs> December. Just, just got kid- back. <laughs> just Dang. kidding. Hey, I tell you what, John Winkleman, thanks so much for giving us some time this morning. We appreciate you.
4: I really enjoyed the time. Thank you for asking. You bet. Good hunting, buddy.
1: Yeah, you bet. Marketing director there, Liguri Publications, down near Barnhart, associate editor for Outdoor Guide magazine. Fantastic.
2: All right, 2nd Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors continues. In our next segment, we are going to be talking guns. Are you ready for that? I
3: am. Always.
2: Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Carl, you're going to have to school me on this one.
1: That's the Beatles. Happiness is a warm gun. What?
2: Yes. Never have heard that. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> it's John Lennon the, the, singing. The
1: John Lennon would uh, sing a song with. It must be uh, satire, right? No. I'm
2: guessing. Skip Weber has nothing on you. Or you have nothing on No, no. Skip well, Weber has nothing on you. We compliment each other Not, very Is well. that what it is? It's a great partnership. <laughs> Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. This segment brought to you by Razorback Armory, your gun concierge located in De Pere. Great store. If you've never been, stop in to see Jesse, Brad, and the crew a half a mile east of 270 on Manchester Road next to the tennis store. But find their address and find out all about. Razorback Armory at RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Bo sent you.
1: Hey, good. So if you uh, paid any attention to to my show on 97.1, we've talked about this a lot, but the infrastructure bill that that we've discussed has been um, a, a big issue because of the overspending and you know everything but the kitchen sink that's been crammed into this thing that didn't have anything to do with infrastructure. So you may be thinking to yourself, well, why are you talking to me about the infrastructure bill on two-way uh, radio, right? And and the great outdoors. Well, it could impact. Your Second Amendment rights no. as well.
2: Are you serious? Oh, I know, I know. Hold on. I so, thought I pictured Oprah saying, you get a bridge, you get a bridge, <laughs> yeah, you get a yeah, bridge. Yeah,
1: yeah. that That's it. Uh, we got Michael Hammond with us this morning, uh, often a guest on my program. He's with Gun Owners of America. And uh, Michael, welcome into the show, my friend. Uh, thank
3: you. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, Mark. Nice
2: hello, to meet Saint you.
3: St. Louis. Nice
2: to yeah, meet you, Yeah. Hello,
1: Michael. I, I was telling uh, Bo just a minute ago about your, your St. Louis connection here. You went to Wash U, right?
3: Yes, uh although uh, uh not particularly proud of it. Uh I was there <laughs> oh, during no. uh during the uh uh Vietnam demonstrations and I was one of the three uh attendees at that university who was a member of ROTC. Oh wow. So so uh I I, I basically had uh, uh girl's try to jerk my pants off <laughs> not for the right reason. And uh <laughs> actually that's an
2: actual story this sounds and like a real so, life experience yeah no kidding yeah, so so i did have good memories so yeah, yeah, that's good <laughs> don't we all that's called pantsing now by the way it's an actual thing
1: yeah no kidding yeah Nick, yeah so, so Michael, uh, back to the, this uh, infrastructure bill. This is fascinating to me. How in the world has the left managed to turn an infrastructure bill into some anti-Second Amendment effort? What's going on here?
3: Well, uh, first of all, uh, Gun Owners of America, I think, is about to put out an alert saying vote against cloture on the infrastructure bill. The first thing is the question of what's in the bill. It has... Uh, it it has a program uh called Pittman Robertson it's, it's basically a gun tax uh every handgun you purchase is taxed at a rate of 10% every rifle you purchase is taxed at a rate of Eleven percent. And uh, you you may not know this because the tax is hidden from you. But lo and behold, the infrastructure bill says we're going to take this gun tax and use it uh, and use it for infrastructure. And uh, so that, that's our first problem, okay. what the bill is. Our second problem is uh, basically what Biden feels he can do with the one point two trillion dollars. As you know, about two weeks ago, Monday, Joe Biden gave a speech Uh, in his speech. He said, well, uh, since we're not going to have any more covid cases, uh, we're going to use covid money for gun control. So uh, Biden, this bill gives Biden $1.2 trillion, which he has stated that he would use for gun control if he darn wanted to. Uh, The third problem is, of course, that Nancy Pelosi has said, incidentally, what the Senate sends over in terms of the infrastructure bill is not the final deal. I, Nancy Pelosi, will add any democratic agendas which i want to add and guess what the democratic agenda which she is most frustrated over is gun control universal background checks uh the house uh, appropriations bills have uh, red flag gun confiscation middle of the night raids things like that so there's that thing and finally There's uh, AOC, who has said, oh, incidentally, you're not going to get this wonderful infrastructure bill unless you also pass $3.5 trillion of gun control, amnesty, and other things. So if, if the bill isn't bad enough already, it's going to be a hostage for something, which is the end of the world for us. I mean, if... As the New York Post says, uh, we have thirty five million illegals who would get amnesty under this uh, 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 The country would become California on steroids it was It would be something we would never recover from in terms of pro gun issues in terms of any issues
2: had I not uh, been listening to this uh, this information that you 're sharing. And for those that are listening to the program, Michael, I, I've got to tell you, I must be a sheep because I thought infrastructure meant truly infrastructure. There's so no. much fat in this that, and this—we're just talking about the Second Amendment and how it affects it. What else are they jamming in there? That's the scary wow. part
3: yeah they they're jamming in everything but roads and bridges. It's a one point two trillion dollar bill. A wow. hundred and sixteen billion that is less than less than ten percent is for roads bridges and tunnels. So uh, if you, if you think it's if you think uh, that uh I70 is going to be finally paved then think again <laughs> get rid uh, of those potholes
2: that's all we want that's what that's what Americans think and that's why they're like yay go get that infrastructure bill that's, that's yeah when proud. when
3: I drive to my high school reunion I mean the, certainly, the worst section of I-70 in uh, in, in 1,500 miles is downtown St. Louis. So, uh, yeah, you're you're not going to get your potholes uh, uh, filled. Uh, you are going to, in fact, uh, spend 66 billion dollars. That's a substantial portion of the amount uh, supposedly going for roads and bridges. You're going to spend 66 billion dollars so joe biden can take a train from wilmington to washington dc wow. uh... That, uh... that much goes for amtrak in addition there's the green new deal huge amounts of money for uh... electricity refueling stations uh... huge amounts of money for uh... electric uh, powered cars and uh... it's. it's and As a matter of fact, about ninety uh, percent of the bill goes for a Green New Deal, as opposed to the roads, bridges, and tunnels, which you all uh, presumably hope it will go for.
1: Well, which is a shame because you know my the, the original environmentalists in this country were the sportsmen, the hunters, right? Um, and and uh, they've turned they've tried to turn that story into uh, you know somehow people who enjoy sh- hunting sports, shooting sports. Are anti environmentalists somehow, right. and it's, it's just sad. Yeah. It really is
3: for it's a sad. number, number yeah. of different arguments. Oh, they mm-hmm. shoot lead bullets and yes. those poison the poison the eagles, and uh, eighteen different theories uh, whereby. The left claims that hunting, that the exercise of the Second Amendment, destroys the environment. So huh, good, good luck with that, because a uh, large numbers of people, including people in St. Louis, who have seen rioters come down their streets and who have uh, listened to uh, your uh, mayor uh, say, we can't protect you, have all of a sudden— realize that if they don't abandon their anti-Second Amendment views, they're putting their families and their homes and everything they care for in danger. So uh, the country is, at this point, I think, moving toward a pro-Second Amendment uh, stance, and this bill flies in the face of that and would presumably reverse on behalf of Biden's electoral agenda, uh, all of the progress the Second Amendment has made. Well, Michael Hammond, uh,
1: the Legislative Council with Gun Owners of America, great to have him on here this morning. You know, I spoke to, uh, to Mark McCloskey this week, and he had the governor of Missouri pardoned him for that case, he's so famous for now in front I, of his I house. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. And you know, this is this is important because Corey Bush, the the first congressional member here, a first congressional district member, blasted him for that. She can't believe he got. You know, she was in the crowd that he was trying to defend his private property from. They hate mm. the Second Amendment, Michael. These people. She's now a member of Congress. This member of the squad. She hates. Yeah, the, I know. In which she's Second not Amendment.
3: sleeping on the Capitol steps. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I heard him uh, doing some singing. Right, they were singing different songs. There was a a guy there, and I wish I would have grabbed the audio, and I will find it. Uh, he says, uh, "Okay, for our next song, let's let's sing a song that's written by a great socialist, mm. communist." Actually, he added the word, mm. and it was "This Land Is Your Land," and so they all broke into song with that. And I was like, "Hold on, I gotta look that up." <laughs> yeah. But but for yeah. him to say that, for him to say that out loud. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're not—they're—they're they're not even hiding. Well, truth,
3: yeah, truth isn't necessary if you're—if you're in the left. Uh, being leftist means never having, to say, you're sorry. But if you look at Bush's uh, uh, encampment on the Capitol steps, I mean, she had like empty Twizzler wrappers and empty McDonald's wrappers, all. S- all skewed uh, behind her bed on the Capitol steps. So it's uh, it, was, it wasn't a pretty picture visually a, in a variety of ways. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, uh, and Mark McCloskey pointed this out, he was on his property doing nothing other than sitting in his back porch grilling when a horde of people broke a gate into a private street. Uh, yeah and and crossed his property and he went outside to defend it. Now you would think according to Slate and these other left-wing organizations and Cory Bush uh, that he had somehow broken every law in America. Instead, the castle doctrine defended what he did. We said it from the beginning, it was a sham that he got charged to begin with, and I'm proud of the governor of Missouri for stepping in and pardoning him for this because this was a political persecution. I just ask anybody a uh, 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 uh,
3: political persecution by a prosecutor. My understanding is who was elected with the assistance of George Soros uh, for the purpose of bringing politics to justice.
2: I, I challenge anybody to watch the video of that day uh, that the uh, the 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 crowd went past uh, the McCloskey house. And asked any Second Amendment supporter to say, what would you have done? How would you have done different? Mark and I had this conversation off the air. He said, I probably would have had my weapon holstered, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't be out there trying to let them know, hey, this is not where you're coming.
3: Yeah, well, it was uh, it's not an inexpensive property when you have a mob coming down the streets, and the realization that in many cities in America, about 144 of them, those mobs have had felt free to burn any property which uh, they encountered.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, again, Michael Hammond, our guest from Gun Owners of America. I just want to point out for a moment, gunowners.org .dot org is your website. If if people are supporters of the Second Amendment and they haven't gone there, I'd encourage them to do that, to at the very least sign up for your legislative updates, uh, and more than that, show their support to the organization. Because you guys are involved in, if not the lead, in uh, so many important cases now pending before the courts. Are there any big ones that come to your mind, uh, Michael, that you can tell our listeners about?
3: Well right now uh we are uh the administration is appealing uh the Bumpstock case to the sixth circuit court of appeals on banc. Uh, now what does that involve simply? It involves the question of whether a uh piece of plastic and a uh a piece of foam rubber is a machine gun. Uh the BATF has taken the position yes, this is a machine gun. And if it is, then incidentally, uh, a AR-15 semi-automatic, and there are 15 million of them in America, is also a machine gun. It's the foot in the door for trying to uh, trying to with this. anti-gunner, which they hope to put in as in head of BATF, but I think we are going to succeed in defeating him. Uh, it, it was a foot in the door for him to say, uh, your AR-15 is illegal, you are a felon, uh, your only option is to turn it in and destroy it, and oh, incidentally, you're not going to get any compensation, notwithstanding the Fifth Amendment provisions to the contrary. Wow.
2: Thanks for your hard work, Michael. Very nice to meet you. Thank you. Yeah,
1: good stuff. Michael
2: Hammond, we'll uh, talk again soon,
1: my friend. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Hammond, Gun Owners of America, gunowners.org. They do a great job of keeping you up to date on all of that stuff.
2: And I do want to reference, because I did reference uh, Woody Guthrie, uh, This Land is Your Land, uh, just a moment ago. It is one of the United States' most famous folk songs, according to Wikipedia. uh, But it was uh, was an answer to um, Irving Berlin's God Bless America. And, and Woody Guthrie was a very well known socialist. Yes. So the, the guy quoted it, right? I was like, oh my goodness. I've been <laughs> singing that song all my life. This land is your I'll be, you didn't I'll, be know. I'll be listening to it next time I sing it on karaoke. Yeah. When I look over it, actually. Anyway, Mark, great to have you back, buddy.
1: Thank you, Bo. We appreciate that. Great to be back, Carl. Thanks for everything. You've been listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. We will see you next week.
2: See you, boys